0: So the sound of Rob roaring is my map for this podcast has come to an end, so it must be time to start yep. um, Rob, what are we talking about this t- this, this session, of, in this episode? Well, I think we're talking about creativity Creativity, and um, if I remember our plan, it's creativity in two parts and this first part is largely, I think, um, focused on our attempts to get our students to be a little bit more creative
1: in the work they do in the modules. Hmm. When we started the last podcast on assessment, you started the question to me as to why, why, is, why is assessment important? Uh, so is it useful to ask you the same question about why is creativity
0: hey, important you're going to throw that back in my face well that's fair <laughs> enough, I'll take that um, and stagger under the weight of answering why is creativity important I mm. think um, I, I agree, I think we, you know, we need to start on that first principles in a, in a sense why is it important to our students but um, uh, why is creativity important full stop I suppose is, is related to that Um, I think the world we live in, I think the world our students will end up living in, um, I think the world that seems to be creating itself around us, uh, sometimes with input and sometimes as an unintended consequence, is one that um, will require, does require a degree of creativity a degree of creativity in terms of how we lead our lives, how we change the way we lead our lives, and trying to encourage students to develop mechanisms, strategies, techniques, tactics to cope and engage in that world uh, through creativity, and another word that we might use synonymously, innovation is pretty important, um, pretty important for higher education because my sense is, my sense as a parent of uh, daughters who have only recently done GCSEs and are now both engaged in various A-level and BTEC studies, uh, my sense is that creativity and innovation at GCSE has been completely if not um, utterly eradicated and I don't see a huge amount of creativity in the uh, further education and post16 education. So where is where is creativity going to come from? Um, the, the, we might start off our educational journey in nursery schools and preschools and primary schools engaging in all sorts of interesting creative practice but My view is that over years um, of working through joining a school at age five or six, um, creativity and creative practice is ground out of uh, our children to the point where they have to spit themselves through a GCSE process and then uh, a post-16 education process where they are really good at asking and answering closed questions, but the open questions that the world seems to throw at us more consistently are really challenging for them mm. and I think we're going to touch on ambiguity in a later podcast but it's for me a reflection of creativity is important because the world is immensely
1: ambiguous. And for me I think there is a, uh, another angle to it and it is, and it's, it is something along, the, lines that, along the, the following lines is that whilst we can work and, 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 and teach People to solve logical problems, um, closed problems. People are more than that. They, they are emotional people. We're all emotional. There's the how we sense the world, how we smell, how we hear, see the world. And if, if all we do is to pay attention to the logic, we forget the, the, the other aspects of who we are as a person. Now, on the one hand it's a bit like rhetoric isn't it, so when you think about rhetoric there's the logic of argument that's really important, but so is pathos as well, if you go back to the, to, 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 uh, the Greeks or whatever the, so the pathos the, the human, the emotional side of us is really important when we are when we see ourselves being influenced by other people and how we influence other people and how we work together, so for me that's those some of the reasons why creativity is really important um, that's I think that adds very
0: helpfully to, to what I was thinking um, Rob and I, I, I think the next thing to maybe consider is what what would what would we uh, what would we try and do? what would we try and provide as a definition for creativity? Is it something that um, is useful to define? Is that something that maybe we ought to, Swallow our own medicine and sense, and then just treat as something that's ambiguous. Hmm. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> You're throwing these questions back at me an awful lot. I, um, I, I think, for the context of our modules and for the context maybe of assessment, um, that I think we'll pick up on shortly. Um, creativity is, uh, for me, a a. a a desire to see some newness, uh, newness in what's produced, um, some newness in the interpretation of what we know and experience, so if you like uh, some change in the context towards some degree of newness and um, I think there are a range of ways we could try and try and not extract, that's the wrong word, that sort of sounds like it's some sort of fine seam of coal going for a student but somehow open open the possibility, maybe even open the minds in our students towards a presentation, a report an essay, a proposition a blog or whatever um, uh, that allows them to experiment with, with newness in some mm. shape or form
1: Can I play around with a, an example? Please do so I teach a level five second year uh, module project management. So project management, which we follow Prince Two methodology, for those of you that are interested in project management, and by its very nature, print, uh, project management is quite formulaic. So what is what might be the what might be the sort of uh, newness or the interpretation that could be required that, that could could offer its opportunity offer an opportunity within within project management
0: um i think that's a really really tough question i think the the attachment of some of the things within that module and i i taught that module i was allowed to teach that module once before i upset the module owner I- Um,
1: yes I remember
0: and um, I think maybe this is a reflection of that upset really is because of Prince 2 as a formula as a formulaic uh, approach the the restrictions or the constraints that fall around what you do are really quite challenging to get around I think there is possibly some more to talk about in terms of what we can do as educators and teachers and lecturers in a classroom and deliver that formula in creative ways and to get students to participate and engage with the uh, project management methodology in in an interactive and creative way, innovative way even. Um, Although in terms of the assessment activity And particularly for that module, um, it it is—it is—seems to me that is so anchored in Prince Two that I experience students just uh, cranking out an answer. Yeah. And the (coughs) the rigidity around the framework around Prince Two played a role in that and I suspect the rigidity in the scenarios um, because for, for the presentation I made of that module we ended up with a scenario where the students had to create a project management plan for a, um, uh, a health and fitness well-being type event and that was that yeah. um, and within that brief there was very little Uh, creativity, occasional glimpse, and I remember some some of those students uh, who were from the sports science degree um, came up with slightly unusual uh, approaches to the activity, but by and far the bulk of the activity was what you might call quite vanilla fitness projects. Mm. Let's play football, let's play tennis, let's play netball, Mm. whatever sport particularly was um, interesting to that individual student so within the within the prince 2 uh context and within the project management module we teach here i I find it very challenging to 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 immediately put my finger on this is what we can do to be more creative or this is what we can do to extract uh, and as i said earlier open the door to creativity for students i think that's a um, much longer exploration of some of the issues to do with project management and prints too.
1: And I guess that's why I chose the example. So it's a bit of an extreme example, you know, project management, a series of techniques or products you've got to produce. But to my mind, you know, having taught it for a little bit longer, I think there are opportunities for, 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 for creativity. So offering a, a blank sheet of paper around the business case, uh, around you know how, how we can persuade people that, that a particular project is a... A useful project, exploration of different options, um, getting them to um, on some of the whiteboards to create a a scenario, an environment in which a a um, uh, something is going to be produced um, around a, a sports event or whatever, where you one gets them to to sketch out what are the playing fields, the 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 the, the Environment, the environment, the the, the, the the context, that's been quite helpful to as a visualization aid. Um, so I, I guess I'm slightly more optimistic about the, <laughs> about the opportunity <laughs> of uh, of uh, of create of creativity, but one has to be creative about that in the creativity creativity of creativity. I suppose in some ways that that kind of
0: reflects to. Um, that reflects or speaks to the sorts of things that I thought we would probably be discussing in more detail when we think about our own practice uh, mm. as educators in a classroom um, because it, that strikes me as being about role modeling in some sense mm. where we, we as, uh, as individuals are saying yes actually we can create a project plan using a, a whiteboard and 15 different colors of colors of pen uh, and do it visually and uh, create project plans involving storyboards for example um, and I think those things do, um, do allow us to explore creative practice in the classroom in a range of ways. I, I suppose I, I kind of come back to because of, um, because of some of the issues we discussed um, in, the, in a previous podcast to do with assessment where we have such a fixed assessment requirement the, uh, the encouragement to students to get them to explore in the way we might have been role modelling in the class project, re- uh, project management requirements is, if you like, cancelled out because of the stricture of um, the submission requirements. Mm. You will produce a, a PID, a project initiation document. You will produce a GAN chart well, yeah, there are possibly some things you could do to vary the Gantt chart, but actually, is, is it the right question to ask? Is mm. getting them to produce a Gantt chart the right thing, or mm. should it be, can you produce a pro- project plan? And could you produce a project plan in a way that's creative and innovative, and therefore that opens the doors up to... Someone writing a project plan on a on a on a blog site, so each yeah. individual page actually has a plan of its own right. But it's not a Gantt chart. It's not produced in Microsoft product. Other project management software is available, of course. Um, and because of that endpoint, are we are we sort of um, are we hindering ourselves because of the attachment uh, and connection to Prince Two and the terminology that? always follows it yeah
1: quite 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 possibly um, yeah I think there are constraints but there are sort of freedoms within those constraints that I, th- I guess I'm interested perhaps we can explore that in the, in the later mm. in a later podcast would have been from your experience what podcast what what um, what uh, modules have you run or worked with students that have been really successful in the sense of uh, creativity well, um, th- th-
0: interestingly, the experience I've got here and indeed at Portsmouth University where I t- taught before, the, the, the modules I, t- I, I delivered which were about creativity, one called Create at Portsmouth and one here called Creativity and Innovation, um, have all actually had a structure around them. Um, but they've had a structure around them which was loose enough for students to um, treat as a sort of playground, if you like. And we have talked previously about assessment artefacts and assessment activity being negotiated yeah. and and in some way um, Developed as a sort of joint effort, a co-creation yeah. piece, and, and those those are the things that I think encourage students to tackle the tasks, the requirements, whether it's formative or, or summative, in a in a more imaginative way. So it, it sounds probably a little bit counterintuitive, but to be you know, creativity isn't chaos, mm. and creative practice isn't chaos. And you, you have the challenge of trying to find the right framework to put around your practice, but there is a framework around most creative practice, and mm. and I think um, we can play around with our frameworks in a way that opens up the possibilities. And I, as sorry to repeat myself, but as we talked about in the previous podcast about assessment, if we start where the students will end by saying the assessments are or the assessment activity is or the artifact you will be producing is we are starting to close doors Mm. or close possibilities down so if we are able to say here are options here are examples and deliberately choose some of those examples um, consciously in a way that says uh, actually or says to the students, oh, actually, this is something I could actually, I could produce. Mm. Um, then we begin to see things delivered at the end where students are challenging the norms, challenging yeah. the norms of the 10-minute PowerPoint presentation.
1: Yeah, and it, it's interesting what you said about some sort of structure. It reminds me of my uh, PhD supervisor who would on, con, often talk about enabling constraints, how those... Rules and constraints were there, but they, but in in doing so, they can create an uh, an atmosphere or a, a context in which all sorts of things could happen.
0: I've I've not actually heard that expression enabling constraints, but I think that's really really spot on and very very helpful. The um, you remember the session that we delivered to the group you had from the co-op? Oh yes, yeah. Um, a group of. Uh, A group of employees from the Southern Co op came for a workshop session uh, about creativity, and there was a framework wrapped around that session, and there were constraints um, wrapped around that session. But actually, using a whole range of techniques and devices and interventions, if you like, um, the group as a whole managed to work on um, a couple of key problems, key problems that they've identified for themselves and produce proposals, um, and the word I sometimes use is design ambition, what is the ambition for their final output, what is the design? Um, And they produced a range of things that they reflected back to me at the end in the debrief that they would not have got to Hmm. if they'd have been in the office.
1: Yeah. Out of interest, putting you on the spot... Have you, because you often uh, work with first year students, have you subsequently spoken to those students when they're in the second or third year about how they might reflect on those first years, first year modules?
0: Well the the creative practice um, module here was delivered in the second year actually, um, last year, so you're probably experiencing... Those students now on your third year module, and in fact, I recognise some of the names um, when you were talking about those students on your ethics module. Oh, okay. So the, the the question might be better posed to that group of students, interestingly. And at Portsmouth, um, there was there was two deliveries of of what you might describe as a creativity module. Um, one as an elective across the entire university. So I had students on one side of the classroom who were studying psychology and on the other side of the classroom were studying modern um, history and all parts in the middle, including journalists and, and from every corner of the university pretty much. And I never saw them again. Um, right, yeah. Uh, might be a reflection of something else we've picked up on before about this sort of ability we have here to get to know the students very well. That isn't the case of Portsmouth and I, I can't for a moment think of a... Uh, A time when I was able to actually follow up with those students after that first year module the other presentation of it which was far more restricted a group of students who you might have hoped were quite creative naturally in the School of Architecture um, I I was able to follow up and follow through and see what they were producing and I would probably say that it had stuck with them and there was some development although they were master students, uh, moving through their, the, the, the architecture qualifications that are quite lengthy, um, but there was a, there was a movement, there was a, there was a journey, there was some travel um, being undertaken or being displayed um, by some of the students. So I think my intuitive reaction to that is yes, but I'm not
1: hundred percent confident oh, okay so it sounds like we've got a research project in, <laughs> in, in the pipeline now then yes and part of that research project, we're tracking
0: everyone down i think <laughs> that would be the challenge although so, following up the the group as i said you're probably teaching some of them now um you know n- nearly one year on what are they what are they actually thinking and are there any connections between what they did in the second year with me And what they're doing with you in the third year in the ethics module could be some um, could be some fruitful ground.
1: Yeah, and they certainly seem to be more um, creative and and, and thoughtful about their about their practice. So, um, I'll uh, that's interesting to know actually. So I can then I might have a discussion with them about Mm. that about about try to reflect on their learning uh, and and extend that beyond the learning. That they've just had in the in the ethics module
0: what about risk rob i think we've we we talked about risk and we've talked about failure before but what about risk and creativity that's something that um i think is very very relevant in terms of students being encouraged to produce something that is inherently risky
1: and also i think it it links in with (coughs) am i doing this right so you know, if you're doing some form of calculation, or if you're doing some form of essay, which is which is quite uh, traditionally structured, you have a sense of what is right. If you're going to be doing something where, albeit with those enabling constraints, you know, it feels risky and it feels somewhat um, exposing, doesn't exposing it? Exposing is
0: a good word. Yes, absolutely. Because I think attached to all of those things is is vulnerability. And you are putting students in a position where they are really being exposed and putting themselves in a position of vulnerability.
1: Yeah. And often the discussions that I have with, uh, with, with, with students when I'm pushing them towards that uh, area is having quite a few discussions about... Um, sharing those initial steps, confidence building, confidence building for me actually as well um, that that they're not going to do something uh, completely beyond the learning objectives and the assessment criteria but far more often than not it's the reassurance about the students that actually what they're doing is something really interesting Mm. Um, Yeah, I can think of some examples whereby They've done something very interesting, very, very different, and then they've been able to bring that round to actually say something new that I hadn't thought about before. Mm.
0: And was that in the class in a sort of formative sense? Was that you know, whiteboard activity and group discussion-type activity?
1: Yes, yeah. Um, and also, uh, less less formally, so... Um, so for listeners that are not aware of our campus here, it's a quite a small campus, and uh, we're in the, uh, the business school now, which is called the Dome, a lovely Georgian building, or just um, opposite, uh, there's the LRC, and sometimes when I go and get a coffee, I might see some students. And some of the discussions you have, one has informally with, with mm. them. They say, well, hello, Rob, can you just... And we have a discussion about something. Those out-of-session... Discussions are also part of it as well. It, that's
0: a good point, and I think um, I would share that experience with you. Particularly, a few discussions that stick in my mind from from last semester, actually, in the LRC and doing discussions, usually before assessment, um, uh, were absolutely in that of that ilk. I suppose where we're sitting here now, recording the conversation, I'm now full of regret that actually at that point we are not. Discussing things in a way with those students around the microphone and actually capturing it because yeah. um, otherwise it's just it's very ephemeral. Those moments are just gone, yeah. and that might be that might be something we need to s- consider. I think certainly I can remember a couple of conversations in December with students about assessment activity that if I'd have recorded it and if I'd have been able to share that with them and follow up, uh, I think their, their output might have been even further mm. towards the end of the very creative, um, <coughs> as it was, it was pretty good. So that's interesting to know. I, I suppose I, my starting point was those moments in the classroom where we might have, in, in a very impromptu but very planned way obviously, set them a task or a challenge and let them in smaller groups, maybe pairs even in some cases. Uh, have have a question, a topic, or something to discuss, work on, and there is something produced on the whiteboard, and as part of a piece of formative work, they just feed back to the class as a whole, and it's in that activity. I wonder what else we can do to push the boundaries of risk, because mm. sometimes geography, the environment, drives behaviour. The fact yeah. that we're in teaching rooms, uh, and again. They are, yes, fine, great. There are several whiteboards as I look around. But you end up using them. Um, and you end up using them repeatedly. And that's probably not that helpful. Why not? Because it's always about writing something on the whiteboard.
1: Mm.
0: <laughs> and if we had something else in the room, yeah, would it be about using something else? <coughs> so I, I, I suspect... Varying our material, varying our, our raw material and the way yeah. that someone making a um, someone making a boat would have a workshop with a series of tools and saws in it, we seem to come in here and try and make whole students with a whiteboard, uh, maybe a post-it note if we're lucky, um, occasionally some flip chart paper and uh, some kind of interactive screen and that's not as comprehensive as most boat yeah. building workshops I've been into.
1: You remind me, several years ago, I had some role in developing a residential week on an MBA programme. And, um, of course, the issue of evaluation is always really important and I managed to convince the organisers to buy loads of Lego, uh, not Lego, uh, Play-Doh. Yes and to say, OK, what I want you to do, that was the brief, with all of the, Lego, with all of the Play-Doh and the other bits and pieces, to create models of their experience of, of, uh, of, of, the, of the residential, mm. you know, with highs, lows, thoughtful areas, and all the rest of it, and it worked really well. And I yeah. take your point, you know, if you move beyond the materials at hand and provide different materials, it changes the, 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 the way, the, the mental mindset of how you look at the world.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think that's absolutely spot on and using Play-Doh is something I have I have enjoyed um, putting into the classroom before. And uh, I guess reflecting really quite critically is that if I'm teaching a creativity module, or more module to do with creativity, let's say, yes, I will bring the Play-Doh along and possibly also a range of found materials in a big, really useful box. Um, But if I'm teaching organisational behaviour to first years, I don't, and I have no idea why I haven't challenged myself in terms of saying, okay, right, great, we are going to do a a session on organisational behaviour and structure, therefore we're going to use some Play-Doh and we're going to start creating organisational charts out of Play-Doh, for example. For some reason some reason there is a sort of rationality filter that is full of loaded expectations about what our students will, will do and how they'll react. Um, and in, in a sense, that links all the way back to this idea of role modeling. <coughs> Absolutely, as, And yeah. as soon as we fail to role model those sorts of creative behaviors and practices we want people to try out and experiment with, we shouldn't be surprised when they don't.
1: It remi- that reminds me uh, talking about organisational behaviour and, and the like about um, Gareth Morgan's book about images of organisations yeah. if what we do is we present them with flip charts and, and pens and all the rest of it they're going to be doing something fairly logical and structured mm. but if we, if we present them with other materials it gets them into a different mindset and then you can explore concepts and ideas such as Gareth Morgan's images of organisations about the the different ways of thinking about organising.
0: Yeah, I I think that's very helpful, and um, I, although I'm happy to be self-critical, I, I suppose there is one moment from the the, the organisational behaviour module where, using using Levitt's diamond as an idea, mm. we we set up students with bits of string connecting themselves, and usually it um, unfolds in a series of chaotic conversations about. Uh, various parts of an organization how they react if you hypothetically uh, reduce your Mm headcount. People losing jobs at the moment is a very live topic but what happens to that organizational diamond if you lose a lot of people? Mm -hmm. How do the other parts of the organization react? So we have um, used that and our colleague Paula tried it last week and she said it was um, Useful, uh, amazingly chaotic, quite a lot of fun, and I suppose the, the telling moment will be will those students actually incorporate that idea, that structural idea, in their assessment?
1: We yeah. shall see. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, several years ago, um, I was part of a, a, a program and uh, a, as a participant, and this uh, group of, uh, of uh, actors, thespians and minstrels came along and did a, 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 a very sort of uh, in, improvisation session. And you, talk, you, you mentioned about risk earlier, this went horribly wrong. <laughs> and you know, not only is the risk with the participants, the risk is shared with the players that are involved in this and the faculty. Yeah. And it's great to be to have those discussions. And, I, you know, it was one of the most vivid things I remember over uh, the, the last few years, educationally, you know, when these things go disastrously wrong <laughs> and, and the conversations that then that sort of in, invites thereafter. So maybe we, we do all this stuff
0: in the first year and, and several months before they get anywhere near thinking about completing the NSS, maybe.
1: Yeah, the National <laughs> Student Survey. Yeah, keep it away from that.
0: So in terms of um, thinking about approaches, techniques, tactics um, that we can use to encourage our students, um, uh, push our students, uh, ourselves, ourselves, um, coax (coughs) our students to be more creative, I think for me, as we've been talking, there are some key parts and I think the key part, number one, is this idea of role modelling practice. I think the second part, which is as key, but probably a little bit harder to challenge, is the environment in which we're working. Yeah. Um, <coughs> but as, as you've mentioned, using things like Play-Doh and other found objects certainly strike me as being ways uh, and approaches that could be incorporated. Um, and I think as we do that kind of Thing in a formative way the use of formative activities to encourage creativity hopefully will get students accustomed to doing things hmm. that starts to reduce the risk starts to
1: mitigate the risk or at least getting them accepting of the risk yeah. so I think the, the risk is quite important that edginess of it um, but for us all to be more engaging with that yeah.
0: So, Rob, is there anything else you'd like to talk about in terms of creativity?
1: I don't think so. I think we're setting ourselves up uh, well for our next, our next podcast. Which is what? Creativity Part 2. Creativity Part 2, and then quickly followed by um, Standards
0: and Ambiguity. Yes. Um, which, having spent the morning talking about CIPD, Chartered Institute of personnel development standards is really hurting my head so I'm looking forward
1: to um, discussing that a little bit. Once once the new FN has uh, taken (laughs) hold. Okay well thanks very much Rob. Thank you very much uh, David.